it's not going to differ because whatever she wants to do, she's going to do. My job as a parent is to um, teach my kid, um, and this is what we've been trying to do since she was born, but to teach my kid um, how to be a hard worker, um, how to be humble, how to meet failure and persevere, essentially how to be resilient. Um, yeah, intrinsic motivation. That is, how do we teach our kids that? How do we help kids achieve their goals? Um, it, it's gonna be to teach them essentially bulletproof characteristics in life. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Stronger, Healthier, Happier podcast. We are excited to have you with us and thrilled to have the opportunity to improve together. We believe that by paying close attention to our mindset, movement, sleep, stress, nutrition, and network, we can create the life we were intended to live. Here is to a stronger, healthier, happier you. Hey guys, welcome back to the Stronger, Healthier, Happier podcast. We are on episode 35. Happy to be back and back on track. (laughs) Thank you guys for... Uh, being back with us, uh, we love seeing all the listeners kind of chatting with us about our podcast and uh, seeing the downloads roll out. It's um, it's not like it's in the millions or anything, but people are still listening, so that is super cool. We're excited to just keep it going, um, keep answering um, all of your questions or coming up with new topics. We're always trying to brainstorm of bunch of ideas of what we want to chat about next. Um, yeah, for this podcast day, we kind of had this, um, this topic picked out for a while and we were going to go ahead with it. Some, um, relationship type stuff. And, um, this afternoon I'd made a post on Instagram just kind of saying, uh, Hey guys, if you have any questions or topics, like hit us up with a DM and we'll kind of chat with them about tonight, but we got a, um, yeah, a really good message with some really good questions um, and really good questions that require, I think, lengthy answers and deep thinking. Uh, we've had to brainstorm a bit about these questions kind of before. So actually, the the question or comment that rolled in will actually be um, tonight's episode because it is, uh, I think it's a great, great topic. Before, uh, before we get into that, um, any updates? Well... Sitting here tonight, it's Sunday night. Um, we had our first Sunday classes today. This was the first day of uh, reopening on Sundays, and I coached them both today. And it was it was just an awesome day at the gym. So I think fall is here, and people are maybe not traveling as much on the weekends. And yeah, it was great to see so many people out at the gym today, and so many people in open gym just working on skills and trying to get better. It was. It was yeah, a really fun morning. Not much is, I don't think, new for us in the last couple of weeks, but it's back to school now. So um, a lot of teachers, a lot of parents with kids, uh, everyone's going back to school. So I think definitely a transition time for a lot of people right now. Mm-hmm. Um, our daughter, Pax, just started at a new daycare, which we call school now because she thinks it's really, um, she's only two, but thinks it's really cool that we... Call it her new school and she gets (laughs) all excited. Um, She gets more excited about going to school than any daycare in the past. So we're just going to keep calling it school. So she's excited (laughs) to go every day. Um, But yeah, definitely a transition time, everybody. I think this is something we've learned. I don't know. 
maybe I learned this a long time ago, but it feels like I only learned this like in the last couple of years. Um, anytime our life is like slightly disrupted, I call it a transition time. Transition times are always slightly more stressful. So I feel like yeah. yeah, the back to school, maybe I'm wrong parents. I don't know, but I feel like we all give it like whenever we're in this transition time, you give it a week and then life starts to really settle down again. So I've noticed this with, um, just a few things in the past where again, opening, you know, gym getting closed, gym getting open, uh, when we were switching gyms. So again, we, when we were switching gyms, it should be like, Oh, that, like the greatest, coolest thing ever. You guys are upgrading gyms. You're getting into your own building, your own bigger building. But the, the, the transition time, the first two, three weeks were like extremely stressful. I feel like things only get better when you start kind of like settling in. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So anybody heading back into university, um, or even just closing up their cottage if you're not going out there as much. Yes, yeah. exactly. If you can just, okay, why am I like stressed right now or what's going on? I, I feel like nine times out of 10, it's like a transition time. Or are you like moving to a new house, switching apartments, uh, things like that? Oh, it's a new job, new position. It's a transition time. That's why it's stressful. And I think when we kind of recognize that it's one of those transition times, it just makes it better because it's like, okay, why is our you know, why does our family feel out of whack or why is it? Okay. It's back to school. Okay. So it's, this is normal next week. We'll be good. So, um, anyway, that's what I got to say on that. Yeah. Um, other things that we've been up to Well, I have been listening to Barack Obama's book. Um, I have also promised land. I have also been (laughs) listening. Um, sometimes when I want to fall asleep, um, sorry, did you mention your book yet? Yeah. Well, I think it's called The Promised Land by Barack Obama. Right. Mm-hmm. So to finish my story was when I want to fall asleep to the very soothing voice of Barack Obama, um, instead of Jen listening with her headphones on, I say, just let it play. And uh, it is a really good book. I don't even know if I've made it a page, though. I feel like he talks for yeah. two minutes. Well, I am, that's kind of where I'm, I'm going out. with this. So I, I got this book on Audible. This is like a whole off story, but trying to use up my credits on Audible so I can cancel and every month I forget and get another credit. Uh, and I don't know which books to get, but um, got this one and started listening and I thought, oh, this is going to be so great. You know, it's such a long book and I think it's, I want to say it's something like 24 hours from start to finish, which is a long, long Audible book. It's the longest one I've ever downloaded by far. Um, so I thought, okay, I'll just start listening to it before bed and yeah his voice is so (laughs) relaxing that it ends up putting me to sleep way faster than I want. And, uh, well, a, it's taking me longer to get through, but B now I'm starting to miss parts and having to go back and figure out. So I am loving it and I'm learning a lot, but, um, it's it's also very good. No, No. it's just, his voice is very soothing and (laughs) calming. It's yeah. If you ever need a meditation, I feel like he should really get into that. Uh, what are you reading? I don't think I'm reading anything new. I'm just battling through <laughs> Lord of the Rings, everybody. Um, yeah, I don't want to insult any Lord of the Rings fans out there. Um, I read Harry Potter and I love the Harry Potter books. They're very, very easy to read. Lots of cool things going on. The Lord of the Rings books are, whew, they've just been friggin' walking for a long time. So, uh, battling through the second book. Yikes. I'm already like two books in, so I guess I got to go for the third one, but, you um, gotta power through. yeah, 
I'm I'm a pretty big nerd, and I I I I mean I love the movies. I, I love Harry Potter. I love Star Wars. There's lots of good things. Just if someone said <laughs> your take on the Lord of the Rings books, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe if you wouldn't have watched the movies first, perhaps. I'm sure there's lots that yeah. you're like, just get to the next part. Yeah. You know, straight books though. Harry Potter versus Lord of the Rings. Harry Potter takes that one, but uh, battling through the two towers. But I, I did want to. Uh, um, a really, really good movie on, uh, it's on Netflix right now. If you haven't seen it, you also got to be a fan of sci-fi, but the edge of tomorrow, did I say that right? That's bad. I just watched it, but, um, edge of tomorrow is with Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. I am currently Googling edge of tomorrow to make sure I named the movie correctly. Yeah. Uh, edge of tomorrow from 2014 action sci-fi if you like sci-fi movies it is so good i think i've seen it twice now um i've seen it zero times yeah you're not the biggest like you're not you watch it because i like it yeah jen tolerates maybe the heavy sci-fi stuff but yeah i think you also tolerate the rom-coms so correct it's a balance um but edge of tomorrow if you're into sci-fi that is a really good movie um yeah, I don't yeah. know if I have any more updates. I think my last, my only other update is that the kickoff campaign for the United Way is tomorrow, and um, I found out I had to write a speech <laughs> for the kickoff. So I am a little bit nervous, but I'm proud of myself for putting myself in this position because it's uncomfortable. Um, but I think I can do it, and yeah, I'm really nervous for tomorrow, but I'm hopeful that I can kind of make a difference and do a good job with this. You'll do a good job, John. <laughs> we we believe in you. <laughs> um, all right. Should we get to it? Yeah. All right. So here is the, we're going to leave this anonymous. Um, this is the, the DM that rolled in. I'm still uncomfortable saying DM. Yeah. It even sounds weird when you say I it. I think it's because DM has been around for like a long time, but I, I don't even know if I knew what it meant to like a month ago. So I'm like, an old dude who's trying to like keep up with the lingo, like, hey guys, I'm cool. DM DM us. Um, but uh, anyway, this is the DM that rolled in. You know what DM stands for? I do. Do you actually? Yeah. What is it? Direct message. Okay. <laughs> You're lucky. <laughs> uh, we are nerds. All right. Uh, here it is. Um, kids and CrossFit. I could ask a million questions on this subject. My son is still planning on being a games athlete in 2026. Uh, the questions are, how to help foster a positive relationship with working out and eating at a young age? How to help kids achieve their goals in any sport? And what are the benefits to weightlifting as a youth? Um, so yeah. We got four heavy hitters here. Yeah, so <laughs> um, yeah, first off, thanks. For the DM, it's cool to receive DMs when you request DMs, <laughs> and now I just get to say DMs a lot. Um, yeah, uh, we we do enjoy receiving questions and topics from you guys because, again, we're, we don't have a million listeners, so we kind of want to know if we have a small audience, then what do you kind of want us to talk about? And maybe you just enjoy banter. The, the banter. I I've had people say they actually just enjoy the the pre stuff before the the actual meat of the podcast so maybe you just enjoy 
maybe my voice is so soothing that <laughs> right it's there, your <laughs> it's putting you to sleep um yeah thanks for thanks for sending in the questions and topics like jen said these are um these four questions um took some thought yeah and i don't think um like we're gonna kind of split them up and we're sort of half answering but i think we're just taking each of these awesome questions slash topics and speaking more broadly about them so um, person that wrote this, this is not a direct answer for you, but a more broad overview, um, kind of on our thoughts on these topics. Yeah, so our, we love you and your kids. Yes. Our <laughs> preface, this one is when you send in a question, we're answering it, talking to our audience. We're not talking directly to you. So nobody needs to take this personally. This is just Jen and I chatting at our kitchen table. Um, second thing is we're going to get into some, some pretty, in my opinion, some pretty tough topics to tackle some tough topics to tackle um, because we are talking about kids and parenting which if you listen to our last podcast mm-hmm. we even talked about Miranda Aldroyd and putting out an Instagram post about parenting and eating and people kind of lost their minds a bit so mm-hmm. um, I don't even want to apologize in advance but we're just saying we're doing the best we can with this topic uh, we are parents ourselves and we're just relating kind of on, I guess, our own experience. So um, I think the lesson is if if we say things that really set you off, you probably shouldn't be listening to our podcast because I don't think you need to take anything <laughs> that serious. But um, if you enjoy us and enjoy our advice, then um, this is kind of the best we got with um, with our brains and trying to tackle these, these tougher topics. So, um, okay, question one. Question one. So, um, how to foster a positive relationship, uh, with working out at a young age? What does the word young age mean to you? If we're going with like young age, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, 16 I'm and under? Like, yeah. I mean, I was sure. thinking in my head, I was kind of thinking even younger. I was thinking like 10 and under. Okay. Um, but 10 and under, 12 and under, 14 and under. 14 and under. I mean, I think it all applies. Um, The first thing that came to mind with that one, how to help foster positive relationship with working out. Um, It doesn't need to be working out. Um, That was kind of the first thing that came to mind. It doesn't mean that kids can't work out. I'm using my quotes here per se. It's just that all of us actually, it doesn't really matter of age, but kids specifically, everything should just be play and everything should just be fun activities that they choose to do and get to do. Sometimes as adults, we we start doing things because we know they're good for us, I suppose. We, we work out because we kind of know we need to work out and things like that. But I mean, kids should just naturally gravitate towards things that they enjoy doing. Movement, activities, outdoors. Yeah. So there's nothing, um, and what I'm saying, there's there's nothing wrong with working out. Like, I mean, we we have 12-year-olds at the gym. We used, Mm -hmm. you know, hopefully we'll get to do CrossFit kids again. But I mean, if someone has a a young kid who enjoys going in the garage with you, and again, here come my air quotes, working out with you in your garage. I mean, if they chose to do that, then we're assuming they're, really enjoying it mm-hmm. right and generally our kids will like Pax pulls out her fake lawnmower when I'm cutting the grass so I don't think Paxton likes doing chores <laughs> she's just playing 
So I think kids who are working out, I think for them, that is just play. Um, well, and I think kind of kudos to you as a parent, because I think if that is happening, you've obviously shown that that is something that you enjoy. Um, and it's, I would say usually if your kids want to be around you while you're doing something, you're usually in a fairly good mood. Um, and it's usually a positive experience. So for them to join you, I'd say those things are true. Um, in the sense that you've shown them that this is, this is a happy, fun thing that you do. Yeah. And you almost uh, regularly. And, and so they want to, they want to join in on it. Yeah. I think how you would create a negative relationship with it you know, it would have to be like, uh, you know, I don't know. We all sat down for dinner and had some ice cream and then we go, okay guys, we ate some bad food. We better go run. I'll go exercise now to burn off that bad food. Like it would have to be something pretty ridiculous, I think mm-hmm. to, um, head in that direction. But I, I think with the question of this one's also going to lead into the next one, the, the foster a positive relationship with working out is, um, our job as parents, I mean, we are fostering relationships with everything. How our kids see the world um, is a direct reflection on our parenting. Um, and, and this one, again, like I'm not trying to set off any parents here, but um, our kids are mini-me's of us. Um, if you're an Austin Powers fan, we got Dr. Evil and we got mini-me. Our kids are like, they're like little mini-me's. Um, so if we have a positive relationship with working out where we just exercise to exercise, we just play at the playground with them, we play soccer with them, we play whatever, we go for bike rides. Like I'm saying, we just exercise um, or we're involved in exercise or physical activity just because we enjoy it. Um, that's how we're going to foster that positive relationship. Um you know, I wouldn't, I don't, again, I'm trying to think of a, a crazy example, but I would never say to my daughter Paxton, like, oh, oh, dad feels like a, you know, dad feels like a slug. He's got to go to the gym and, oh, I guess I better work out. And, you know, so I don't get fat and, you know, I, I don't feel good about myself. Like now, like all of that terrible language, negative self-talk, <laughs> then they would learn a negative relationship with working out because, Oh, my dad dad works out. Yes. He hates it, but he forces himself to do it because he doesn't Mm -hmm. feel good. Like I'm saying, so I I think, um, it, it, we just have to be very careful with not even careful. We, we need to live and breathe that positive relationship with exercise ourselves. And then they know no different. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think the language that Um, and I say we like, but it could be really whoever your, um, if your kids are around their grandparents a lot, or if they're around aunts and uncles a lot, like it, it is, it's definitely whoever they're around the most, um, is going to who they're going to, uh, kind of let permeate the most. But also I, sometimes I think we forget, and I heard this on a podcast the other day that your kids, despite their actions, sometimes worship the ground that you walk on they love you so much and you are literally everything to them. And sometimes I think we forget that and we forget the impact that our actions and how we speak to ourselves and how we, um, you know, treat ourselves, how we speak to others, how that impacts them, because whatever you do, that is their normal. 
And so, like you say, if you have a, a positive relationship with working out and physical activity, then, I mean, you're just kind of spreading that to them. Um, I think the, the other thing is that potentially as a, as adults, and I mean, I'm in my late thirties, I work out now and I don't have a specific goal in mind. It's just something that's part of my life. Because you enjoy it. Yes, because I enjoy it. And I think, so I use the language about how it makes me feel and how I love to be strong and I love my muscles. Um, I use that with Paxton. But I think it's also important with kids that it's not always tied to a, um, like I do this because I'm, and I'm just going to say the NHL one because I know tons of kids play hockey, but I mean, you know, I do this because I'm going to get to the NHL. So I think part of developing that really, healthy, um, positive relationship is trying to attach it to the feeling that you get from doing it. Um, and other positive benefits as instead of just a, like an outcome, because eventually there may or may not be that outcome to kind of chase after if that makes sense. Yeah. And the language, I mean, just for example, you know, if, if Jen's leaving the house, I kind of already said this, but it's not like Jen's leaving the house saying, yeah, like, where are you going mom um oh i have to go work i have to go get my workout in now you know it would be like mommy's gonna go work out now i get to work on my muscles and i get to be healthy and i get to be strong like it's all positive words that go with the activity yeah um so i think it's just again parents trying to foster positive relationships with things it's you know what's your what's your language um about that thing what's your body language um and then also just everything you do revolving around exercise or working out or physical activity. Um, your kids are always watching and always listening. So I just think it's, it's, it's just our job to um, do it ourselves. And then that will naturally get passed on to them. Um, yeah. Yeah. So moving on to number two, which is fostering um, positive relationships with eating at a young age. I think a lot of the same stuff applies Um, I think the, the air quotes young age comes into this one because I think the earlier you kind of start making healthy options, the norm, uh, the better, but I also think that there's no wrong age to start incorporating more, more healthy foods. And again, if you complain about the spinach on the table, of course, they're going to complain about the spinach on the table. Um, if you just. But again, eat, we eat the food, then the they eat the relation, food. Yeah, and the positive relationship is there is, you know, like in our house, like we were careful of the language that we use. Like we, you know, we're not good eaters or healthy eaters. We just, there's just food here and we just eat it. Mm-hmm. We eat it to feel good and fuel our body so you know language like oh like yeah we have to eat vegetables so mommy can get healthy or uh daddy has to eat a salad so daddy doesn't get you know too fat like i mean all like the language matters um and i think like jen said the the earlier we can start the better um but just however you eat in your house i mean that that just becomes the norm um so positive positive relationship with food is going to start again with do you have a positive relationship with food it's absolutely going to start with the parents the leaders the grandparents in the house it's always going to start there because the kids are going to learn 
from you. They know they don't learn these things on their own. Um, so it's kind of taking extreme ownership, um, as parents to like, I mean, if I want my kid to be kind, then I have to be kind. <laughs> if I want my kid to be a hard worker, I have to be a hard worker. If I want my kid to have a positive relationship with food, I have to have a positive relationship with food. Um, so it's, it's really thinking about, um, like what can I do better first? Right. So, um, did I say this in the last one, but kids are always watching. Um, they learn more from what we do than what we say. So if we just live the life we want them to live, Mm -hmm. that's our best chance. It's not like, uh, you know, it's not like I just sit at the table and lecture packs about what healthy eating is. Um, and I'm not saying anybody out there does that. I'm just saying, I don't, we've, we've done, you know, it's not a education lesson on, on why we eat healthy. So it's just, you know, um, we're just developing good, healthy eating habits, but she doesn't know what's going on. She has no clue what's going on. There's just food on the table. Um, and also like, I I just want to, you know, to everybody out there, like, again, give yourself a break. Like this isn't, I'm not here harping on any parents about currently what you feed your kids or what you guys eat sometimes, but if there's room to improve, then isn't that why we're all here? We like, we're here to improve. Um, you know, I just want to say like, you know, in our house, yeah, for sure, we do work at it. We we do work hard, and we've been working hard since Paxton was born. We were working hard before, um, so it's 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 easier for us because we've been at it for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also easier easier for us because Paxton started eating solid foods at six months, six months, Five months maybe, and it's just what we've always been doing. I mean, if your kids are ten, and you're like, whoa, okay, we need to, you know, we need to start doing a better job. Like, it, it's definitely a a tougher, um, a tougher obstacle to kind of like turn this train around, right? You've got kind of whatever you're doing is the norm. So a little bit of change is going to be tough. Um, again, transition. Yeah. That might be another, um, podcast in itself, but, um, just slowly introducing better eating habits. Um, it's going to start shifting things. And on all I mean by that is um, in our house, like nine out of 10 dinners, I don't know if that's an exact stat, but I like to think it's pretty much true, but nine out of 10 dinners, we're, we're going to be eating plate method at our house. So again, um, my plate, Jen's plate, Paxton's plate, <laughs> a quarter of the plate is going to be protein, some meat, a quarter of the plate is going to be starch, uh, starchy carb and, a, and half the plate or whatever, a third of the plate, quarter of the plate, I mean, is going to be vegetable. So tonight, for example, we had steak. So Paxson has steak, cut up steak on her plate. Um, our starch was progies. We had a, you know, a quarter of our plate and a quarter of Paxson's plate were progies. And kind of half the plate was um, some beets and some broccoli. Um, and that's, again, nine out of 10 times are, you know, it's, it's not a discussion. It's just, this is just how we eat. So this is, we're building a healthy relationship with food by just eating meats and vegetables and some carbs. Um, and the one out of 10, yeah, we still we still usually order pizza once a week. So maybe yeah. I'm even lying there. One she gets out of, her, and I mean, we would consider Kadoba like a plate method meal. Yeah, yeah. So we're not. Yeah, and so one out of seven, perhaps, yeah. is not perfect plate method because um, we usually order pizza once a week because uh, we love pizza. And yeah. that time it's going to be pizza with some vegetables, and 
Um, so it's all, it's not about perfection either. It's, we've talked about this lots on this podcast, but just identifying where you're at, what are some small good changes? Um, and even if you start making changes, like it doesn't even really need to be discussed. It's just yeah. kind of, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so a few things, we're not like sitting weighing out packs as food for those of you that are like, oh my gosh, they're doing plate method with their toddler. Uh, we just fill up her plate with a little bit of everything that we're eating. I don't know if the proportions are quite what we would have. Um, and then so a couple of things tonight, well, a couple of things in general with us and Paxton specifically, um, we never make her finish what's on her plate. Uh, number one, she didn't really put most of it on there. Um, and two, I guess we've tried to foster a, we want her to tell herself when she's full and when she's full, then she's done eating. And that's always worked really well for us. There's the very odd time, I think literally when she's going through growth spurts, maybe that she'll ask for something later on. But other than that, I mean, she's sort of used to supper being the last meal. And when she's done, she's done. She gets to get down regardless of what she's eaten. So, um, yeah, that, then, that, those are some more that I like that. This, these are some more specific things we do with packs to yeah. foster that relationship. But we ask ourselves quite a bit at our table, you know, is your belly full? And Jen, like we ask each other and we talk to Pax and with that language. So if Jen gets up to get more, like Pax will now say, mama, is your belly full? And Jen will say, no, my belly's not full yet. I'm going to grab a little bit more. And then, you know, five minutes later, we might say like, you know, Pax will say, dad, are you done eating? Yeah, my belly's full. Like we, you know, we kind of discuss like, you know, how is her belly feeling? Yeah. And that determines when we're done. So like Jen said, we, Pax rarely finishes every bite of food on her plate because yeah. we kind of let her determine when Unless she's done. Unless it's Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, the other big one that you, we were talking about before was uh, we never reward with food. Yes. So, um, but even just going back to that same meal tonight, she finished all of her pierogies and all of her beets and wanted more of both of those. So I'm saying we say plate method, but again, she can have more of whatever she wants. And I'm always mindful to, if we have something new that she's never tried, I'm mindful to pair it with something that I know that she's had before that she's likely going to eat. So I'm not just putting four random new veggies or strange things on her plate and expecting her to make her way through it. Um, but yeah, going back to what Zach said, we don't reward with food, meaning, um, we don't, you know, force her to clear her plate to then get a treat. And I mean, that's a whole nother discussion. She doesn't even really know what treats she's had treats, but we don't call them treats because they're not really, they're not rewards and they're not special. She saw cupcakes that Andrea made on our counter. She wanted one. I said we would have it after supper. We had, she had half after supper. I had one, Zach had one and a half. Yeah. It's just not a thing, I guess. It's just, just, we we just didn't make it, we didn't make it a big deal. It wasn't, um, and I mean, she knows birthdays and birthday cake, but it wasn't, uh, she just ate it and then kind of went about her business because. And I think it's, it's important for us to share like real life too, because we want, I still think people don't actually know kind of what goes on in our house. And I, I want to share as much as we can. Um, we eat cupcakes. <laughs> yeah, we eat cupcakes. We eat pizza. Um, I love burgers with buns and fries. It's, it's still about balance, but um, there are quite a few times too. Like it was just the other night. Um, you know, we're kind of making our plates up, and Paxton says, "I don't want any broccoli," and we'll say, 
hey, that's totally fine. We're going to put it on your plate anyways. And if you don't want to eat it, you just leave it. Like, you know, we've never, we never forced her to eat vegetables. And, um, on that particular evening, she ended up eating it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but there has, has been evenings again where, um, you know, we might have uh, burgers and fries and, um, you know, baked carrots and she eats the burger and fries and just didn't touch the carrots that night. And we just kind of, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what, like she made that choice. We don't even, we don't make it a thing. We don't say you better finish your carrots, this or that. We just, just kind of let her be. Um, that's the pause of relationship with food is kind of, she gets to choose. Um, she doesn't get to choose kind of, she doesn't get to choose the options that are on her plate. Exactly. (laughs) But based on what's on her plate, she kind of gets to choose of how much she's going to eat of each thing. Um, and then one night she doesn't touch the carrots. A few nights later, she eats only the carrots and you know, so it's kind of like kind of letting kids kind of find their way. But of course there's, um, there's freedom within the boundaries. I mean, that's, that's a big way we, that we parent. There's freedom within the boundaries. The boundaries are, she doesn't get to choose dinner. Um, she doesn't get, she would definitely choose bread and applesauce or something ridiculous. Of course. Or French (laughs) fries only. Yes. Yes. Um, but you know, uh, we make the dinner and we kind of choose what goes on the plate and then the the freedom is now it's kind of her plate and she can decide from there. But, um, um, anyway, you got anything else to add on that, on that food one? Um, I think just, I mean, I know what people are thinking. It's like, yeah, you know, you guys started young and now it's a habit for her. But what about for me who, you know, I've been cooking my kids potentially a separate meal or they're used to eating, you know, fries and chicken fingers most nights of the week. And, um, one, just no worries. Just, yeah. If someone said, what should I do? I I would reply with what, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Yeah. Cause someone would say, I would, they would probably say, I want to cook. Like if they're meal. asking what I should do is, yeah. is an indication that they're probably wanting to improve so or I'm, change something. Yeah, exactly. So I reply, um, even right now, if you're thinking this, what do you want to do? The answer is probably, um, I'd like to do a bit better. I mean, we all have that answer in our head. So now we just, okay, how do we do a bit better? And yeah. We literally, um, we could go from there. And I mean, you could, you could reach out if you need some specific guidance, but usually again, what do you think you could do to be a bit better? And yeah. usually you're going to have a good answer. And I mean, I think like, I mean, I'm just, I'm just kind of firing off the top of my head here and I don't want to get too off track, but again, the language, uh, if you're like, no, we need to eat more vegetables. We're not healthy. You know what I mean? That's not going to encourage your kids to, to eat any more vegetables or the, but you know, the reward thing was, Eat your carrots or you're not going to get the cake. Yeah. Or you're not going to be able to watch TV. So neither of those tactics, I think I would probably go more with something like, you know, you're in the the kitchen cooking dinner and you're, whether you're excited about it or not, you're just saying, man, I am so excited to try this new recipe. Oh, I think like, I'm just, you know, I'm excited to try it. It's going to be really neat. I got these local, take them to buy the, the groceries, show them where they come from. Um, and again, make it, put it on their plate with whatever options maybe they're used to and literally say nothing. You can eat it. You can speak positively about it. If they try it, they try it. If they don't, they don't. Yeah. But it's just day one. And I would just keep putting it on there and asking for their input, you know, taking them to the stores. And it doesn't um, even, and like no matter how bad your cooking is right now, and I'm not saying anybody listening has bad cooking, but I'm like, Let's just say like your kids just 
only eat chicken nuggets or chicken fingers and like that's their favorite. That's it. I'm like, okay, perfect. Put that on the plate. Yeah. Let's also put on the plate yeah. some cheese. rice. Cheese and yeah. condiments are also your and a friend. Couple, <laughs> and a couple pickles. Yeah. You know, a pickle is um, a cucumber, which is a vegetable. Yeah. Like I'm saying, you can still kind of like... Dips and sauces. Yeah. Get some stuff, <laughs> get some different things on the plate. And there's an awesome start. Your kids love craft dinner. Perfect. I'm not going to tell you to stop cooking craft dinner, but can we both agree that craft dinner can go on the plate? Um, maybe with a couple meatballs and, you know, maybe you bake some cauliflower, just leave it. If they don't touch it, they don't touch it, but at least you're trying and you're starting to introduce it. I would like almost guarantee at some point, they're just going to start eating everything on their plate a bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, that's the less, you know, like you feel like, oh man, we're doing such a bad job. Like I would just stop that language Mm -hmm. right away. You don't need to beat yourself up. All you need to do is like, just cook one more thing and you know just start balancing out the plate a bit um and it doesn't like i personally if i was in someone's shoes i've heard these stories before like i'm not like i'm not making an announcement hey family like just a heads up today is craft dinner and broccoli like i would just (laughs) just let it be you know don't make it a big deal and then maybe it's not a big deal yeah and i think just be be confident in your boundary and give choice within the boundary so if you're not wanting them to have, you know, they, they're asking for ice cream or something, you can say, you know, no, but like this or this option is available. And believe me, if they're really that hungry, like they're going to take one of the options or they probably aren't that hungry. Like, I guess sometimes in today's world, I feel like all of parents together, we are just are not super confident in our in our abilities and in our boundaries and what we're doing. And I think social media plays a huge part in that, but just be confident and we should all be more confident in what we're doing because we do know our kids best and we have their best interests at heart. So make your decisions, stick with them and keep going. I think we answered that one Yep. with a tangent or two. Um, all right, moving on. How do we help kids achieve their goals in any sport? <sighs> Uh, first thing that came to mind there were how to help kids achieve their goals. Um, there's like different directions. I want to tackle that one. Um, I I want to try to get going here. Um, kids goals are going to be awesome. I think it gives sure, you know, like, I mean, as a kid, I wanted to play in the NHL. I wanted to be in ice capades. Right. And I'm just thinking my parents weren't like sitting down at night being like, okay, how do we get Zach to the NHL? How do we get him to the NHL? How do we, that's not, that's not how my parents thought. And I know that because I, I know how they parented. Um, but there was a lot of things along the way that they definitely didn't hinder the goal, right? As you know, this is something, you know, we, we never want to judge potential. Um, we never want to judge potential. So Paxson says she wants to play in the NBA. It's not my job to say, well, you know, sorry, we're kind of short in this family. And, um, the average height in the NBA is six foot seven and, and also only males play in the NBA. So like <laughs> you'd be lucky packs to make the WNBA like, right. So it's not that discussion. We're not here to judge potential. You know, it's uh okay, cool. 
my kid seems to love basketball. So how do I let them have fun with that sport and, and start moving in that direction? So um, what I want to kind of get into, it's, it's how do we kind of guide our kid towards those goals or guide our kid through life, guide our kids through life um, to be happy and successful and to, to feel fulfilled. Um, that's kind of the way I, I'm interpreting that question. I'm not sure if, you know, I'd like to hear your direction there too, but I think it's to teach our kids how to be really hard working, humble athletes. I, I think that's, I think that's the, um, no matter what Paxton says her goal is, I, I feel like my goal as a parent is not going to change whether, cause it, it doesn't, um, I, I guess I, I care about how she feels and what her goals are, but I almost don't care what she says because yeah, I was going to say, you said athlete, but I mean, really yeah, hardworking she, and humble, yes. anything, yeah. mathematician, yeah. ballerina, the questions, the questions, um, you know, achieve their goals in any mm-hmm. sport, but let's go achieve their goals in anything. Right. Um, Paxton wants to be a professional singer or, um, drummer, you know, for the Foo Fighters. Um, (laughs) I feel like my, my parenting style is not ever going to, it's not going to differ because whatever she wants to do, she's going to do. My job as a parent is to, um, teach my kid. Um, and this is what we've been trying to do since, since she was born, but to teach my kid, um, how to be a hard worker, um, how to be humble, how to meet failure and persevere, essentially how to be resilient. Um, yeah. Intrinsic motivation. That is how do we teach our kids that? So, um, that leads us into a whole nother discussion, Mm -hmm. but how do we help kids achieve their goals? Um, it's going to be to teach them essentially bulletproof characteristics in life, um, that no matter what comes at them, um, they're going to find success in the sport or goal or activity, whatever they initially said. But if it's not that right, because I mean, one year I could say like, you know, I want to play in the NHL, uh, next year, um, I wanted to play in the NBA, uh, you know, the next year. I wanted to be, um, you know, a guitar player in a band as a, you know, as a kid growing up, but my parents, they didn't really adjust anything. It was just, they always taught me to, I guess, go after the things that I loved. And it was always give a full effort. If you're going to do it, do it with a full effort, um, and, and things like that. So I think it's, it's, it's essentially, yeah, intrinsic motivation, teaching our kids to love what they do and work very hard. I think we made some notes on that. Did you want to add to that? Yes. I think, yeah, the intrinsic motivation is definitely the first thing that came to mind just because, well, we've talked about this too, that there's there's always goals when you're kids. And I think that's so awesome because, well, one, the more things that a kid is exposed to, and I'm not just talking about, you know, potentially very costly team sports, although we think team sports have a lot of benefit, um, but just anything like different playgrounds, different groups of people, a a book club, a free program at the library, like the more you expose them to, um, the more chance that they are going to find what they are truly passionate about. 
the second part of that is actually giving them time to be bored because it's not going to be until until they're actually bored that's when they're going to go and do whatever actually brings them joy uh like i think that's that's kind of the only time that there's no other input it's like no just and i mean maybe not at 2 years old but as an older kid i think back to things that i was doing when I was bored. And I mean, I, I think I still love those things today, or at least I understand why I was doing them. Um, but drawing pictures of whales, researching whales, I was clearly super cool when I was a kid. Um, but kicking a soccer ball, doing millions of volleys against the wall or against the garage, like being bored is important. Um, and I think lends itself to finding that passion. Um, I think it's important that we acknowledge effort and enjoyment and not necessarily end results, uh, i.e. winning or losing or making a team or not making a team, but or, just yeah, scoring goals, not scoring goals, yeah. MVP versus yeah, not top 10, not yeah, top 10. Um, yeah. The, what would you call those? Uh, the outcomes, mm-hmm. the results is irrelevant. Um, because when we start to highlight those things, then um, you know, then I'm, I'm trying to come up with different examples, but then the kids will slowly learn to, oh, it, it seems when I score goals or multiple goals, my parents get extra proud of me. So then they start to, okay, well, like they're only there to now score goals instead of like it's, it's effort over everything, right? Where it's like, I'm, th- th- we can teach our kids to, enjoy that process and um just enjoy working hard and showing up so we have to find ways again as parents it falls back onto us um to develop hard workers and they they actually learn to enjoy that work i mean that that's that's a tricky thing but i mean there's lots of i feel like again pax is only two like we're not we're not super crazy parents, you know, or anything. I don't know. Maybe somebody thinks we're crazy. I'm not sure. But um, our language with Paxton, we're, we've been very, um, we've been very mindful of it. Well, I just say, I think we are mindful. We're yeah. trying. We're not perfect. Yeah. We slip up all the time and we hear things and say, oh, I might have said that differently. Yeah. But What are some of those language examples? Well, um, I think, you know, to develop that growth mindset is things like instead of saying you are so smart, you know, we, we work hard. It's not like I've never said that, but it, we work hard to say you're working so hard. I can see you're working so hard. And I think the other one that's, that we are very leery of and try to use very sparingly is the good job. Because I think I don't want her to look to me to get a good job. I just want her to do something and feel proud of it, regardless of what I have to say about it. That's kind of the ultimate goal. And so it seems crazy to be thinking of these things so young, but this is, again, it, it all, it starts young. Um, and I think you can always do better at any age, but it's just, it's these little tiny things that kind of helps hopefully set them up for success. Again, we're not, she's only two. These are just what we find are important and what we're trying. Um, yeah, I mean, also, yeah, I mean, we have experience with parenting with a two-year-old, and 
we're going to get better and better. And, and, but I mean, I'm also, you know, relating back to, um, my parents and, and the way that I was parented, because I feel like I, I, I am a very hard worker and I, I was not, I was rarely the best at anything. I was, um, I would like to like, um, both my parents were athletic. They gave me lots of opportunities. I was pretty good at most things. And I'm, um, and I love my childhood and I love being, um, I love being pretty good at most things. Um, but I always, I always did work really hard. And I mean, that's carried right over, you know, I remember like, you know, I got the opportunity to play university hockey, but even after university hockey, I got into CrossFit and I, you know, I, I found, um, some mild success in CrossFit and, you know, even as a business owner now, so it's, it's funny. I've, you know, I'm, I'm turning 35 soon and I, I like to go to the gym and, and work very hard. And I hope, um, I hope I'm not just blowing smoke up my own butt here, <laughs> but I'm hoping that members at my gym would agree that Zach does work very hard mm-hmm. and there's no glory in what I'm doing. Like, you know, um, in putting my scores on Zen, like no one cares. No one cares. I'm not on ESPN. There's no MVP trophies. Like I'm literally just doing, I'm, I, I'm work hard because I enjoy working hard. So I start to reflect on, okay, what did my parents do? Um, what did my parents do, um, to instill that in me? Because for me, that's like a major, and I've, I've talked to them about this. I've asked them about this because, um, I, I like to learn because I'm trying to do with this, with, with this with Paxton and um, the things that always come into mind is, is just like, they just, you know, there was times in hockey where I would, maybe I would score three goals or I would not score. I'd get MVP or I'd not get, but none of that was ever really ever talked about. Um, it was just always. Like you weren't gonna walk into school on Monday and be like, "Hey, guess what, guys?" Yeah, like, I was always also yeah, I guess taught yeah. to not do that and be humble. But it was always just. Um, I mean, my parents were at most games too, but you know, if if maybe my dad was with me at hockey and my mom was with Carson, my mom would say like, you know, um, how was your game today? Did you work really hard? <laughs> Did you have fun? Like it wasn't just like. It was never like, did you win? How many goals did you get? That's not how our conversations rolled out. Um, it was always a discussion on how did you play? Do you feel like you worked hard today? Um, you know, tell me some about some of your plays where you like worked hard. It was always a discussion on like those things and not just because if my, you know, if my mom or dad, if it was just like, you know, did you win? How many goals? Oh, you scored three goals. Oh my goodness. You mm-hmm. are so good at hockey. Well, you I are think the that's, best. Then- that's where, again, with the, the theme to this is that if you're extra proud about something, they're going to try to get that something again because they, you were extra proud when they did that. And so just being very cautious about your reactions, which I think would be probably pretty tough, I imagine. Um, but really putting it back on them, get them to notice how they feel, Yeah. get them to notice how, how do they feel? How do they think they played? And I mean, we can see it. Like, I mean, I don't have a teenage athlete, but I have worked with, uh, over 50 probably now, um, teenage athletes. And I think 
that's an important part of that process is trying to get them to understand, you know, did they give a hundred percent effort? And if, if no, okay, why not? And you know, how can they do that next time instead of just, did you win the workout or did you not? Um, there's just, there is a ton of lessons. And I mean, I think there's lessons for adults in here too, but yeah, and, I mean, in our world, it's like, I mean, it's fun to feel success. Like it's okay to celebrate success, mm-hmm. but if we only celebrate PRs, we only celebrate those high points, then, then it becomes yeah. about those high points where yeah. I, you know, and I try to do this with, with all of our athletes, all ages, but wow, that was really hard. Like you worked really hard today. Mm-hmm. And then someone could say, you know, in their head, yeah, I did work hard, you know, and we like to ask Paxson and we encourage you to ask your kids, like, you know, I mean, if they worked hard, like you could ask, like, did you work hard today? You could ask them that, or you worked really hard today. Are you proud of yourself? Do mm-hmm. you feel proud? Like ask, you know, again, ask them and how they feel. And, um, I mean, right now Paxson's kind of like learning to ride her balance bike. Um, and we try to keep everything. Um, we want to keep it a positive experience. Cause if, if she falls, I mean, and gives up, then that's not good. So it's, it's always like, wow, Pax, you're working so hard. Do you feel really proud? You know, mm-hmm. it's not just a bunch of good job, good job when she, you know, glides her like two or three feet, whatever she's working on. But um, even right now it's, you know, with other, um, you know, when we're trying to teach in- intrinsic motivation to whatever kids playing sports, I mean, it, it still it still leaks into their math homework. Um, Paxton learning to ride this balance bike, your kid learning how to play piano. It's getting them to enjoy the hard work and the failures um, or recognizing the failures because that's coming too. But the language of, wow, you must be working really hard. You must feel proud. And then just hearing what they have to say. But it's, again, we are emphasizing the work and you must feel proud of that work. And then, yeah, they start to be like, I do feel proud of all the hard work. Um, anyway. That's yeah. Kind of and I think this that. is like a message. I wish I could talk to all gym teachers because I think they have a very powerful, a more powerful role than they might think in kids. And I, not every kid is going to be a crazy competitive team sport kid. It's fine. Like there's tons of different people. Um, but enjoying and getting them to realize that they worked hard in a PE class in grade four or five. And that's, that's why they're there. They weren't there to get picked or they weren't there to get, make the volleyball team. They were there to work hard and feel good about themselves, period. Um, and I think that's how do you help kids achieve their goals? I mean, intrinsic motivation, hard work. That is the goal because, um, even though I never got to play in the NHL, I still feel internally I I, I always achieve my goals because <laughs> I also, you know, I came to terms with I. But and you worked as hard as you could, and and I enjoyed what I did, and mm-hmm. I I found success in that, and I and I found um, um, purpose in that, and I felt like I achieved something. So you know, even though <laughs> I didn't play in the NHL, my parents didn't mm-hmm. fail like I mean it was it's all a success because I'm um, I'm still 35 and I'm still learning and I'm kind of getting into golf and I'm still applying these lessons for myself today and then hopefully passing them on to Paxson but I mean um, that that is the goal is to 
teach ourselves and teach our kids to be a hard worker, um, be resilient, enjoy the process, then they will achieve what they want to achieve. Yeah. Yeah. I think the last part of this one was about the benefits um, of weightlifting as a youth. And I think this really relates to any, I mean, the benefits of sport and movement in general, the benefits of play as a child. Um, the whole goal is to develop strength, speed, agility, power, coordination. Um, there's, I mean, we've, they've debunked many times the, you know, saying that it's going to stunt growth and growth plates and all this stuff. So I don't think we believe any of that. We don't think it's dangerous. However, not only do we not believe it, the science doesn't show it. And we've been, you know, we've read, we've read that, um, from people we follow who are citing research articles. So, um, yeah. Um, I think that weightlifting in general or anything load bearing, I think brings an extra little bit of caution because if you've ever watched a child do anything, uh, they can do it you know, 30 times in a row. And then, you know, the 40th time they do something completely different and they're still learning to, to have that kinesthetic awareness of their bodies and, and figure out where their body is through space. So I think it's, I'm not saying all kids should just go in the basement and throw, you know, weights on bars. That's certainly not what I'm um, implying at all. Yeah. I think the main issue here is that, you know, for us in Canada, it's very normal for our three-year-olds to be on ice and play hockey and in other countries like they'd be like crazy you you got four-year-olds playing hockey on ice like it you know with these sharp skates like it's for us it's normal for other countries not other countries their kids are weightlifting at four so weightlifting is a very (laughs) very popular sport it's just it's also it's just much more popular in other countries so for us kids and weightlifting is like it, it came with some very, very bad, um, I don't know, some, just some bad press back in the, I don't know, seventies or eighties where there was this thought that it stunted growth. So that stuff is just, yeah, it's been debunked. It's just way off, but, um, the benefits to, I was also going to say too, it would be like, um, you know, this question could be the benefits of dirt biking as a, a child. Like, I mean, kids dirt bike, but you don't say here, kid, here's the big dirt bike. I want you to pin it over that big jump. And yeah, you get a dirt bike that fits them. Yes. You go at the speed <laughs> that's correct gear. over yeah. the hills that are correct and with proper coaching. And I don't think anybody who's in the dirt bike world, I'm not in the dirt bike world, but there's kids who dirt bike. Does it pose some risk? Absolutely. Um, so does youth football. So does youth hockey. There's always some risk. Um, but again, the, the four-year-old doesn't hop on the fastest dirt bike and hit the biggest hill. Like, I mean, of course they're going to like hurt themselves. So it's the same thing with, um, hockey as, as a child or weightlifting as a youth. Um, it's, it's gotta be properly coached and properly progressed. But, but if we're talking specifically about weightlifting, um, huge benefits to <laughs> development and coordination and power and speed, um, it's like the two most it's, it's, like coordinated movements yeah. your body can do. Yeah. I mean, and again, as kids, we can only, you know, we really can only, uh, you know, I think, I think it's great to do multiple things. So I was also going to say, like, I don't think. Yeah, we're not I, big fans of this, this single sport specialization. No, but I mean, if you could like, 
essentially build the ultimate human and be like definitely some weightlifting, uh, definitely some gymnastics. So now you're, you know how to move objects, you know how to move your body. Um, definitely running. Yeah. Definitely a team sport in there. Um, definitely golf to teach the most amount of patience possible. Cause I don't know any other sport that requires more patience than golf. Um, you know, uh, a sport where you have to, um, you know, like baseball or tennis, you know, you're got some crazy eye hand coordination. So I'm like, but of course we're not all going to pick all those mm-hmm. things. So I always think, I, I just Again, think, what is your kid into? <laughs> yes. And can we pick two or three? Like, I mean, become well-rounded, but, um, I think the benefits of weightlifting are huge and, and we're also seeing it firsthand in our gym. Um, and we're starting to see it more and more. So, I mean, I don't think, um, our goal with Paxson is not weightlifting, not CrossFit is just going to be exposure and, and see what she likes. But, um, yeah, I think, I think that's a big one. Cause I think yeah. a lot of people would assume that we, you know, would have her integrated and that we envision her doing CrossFit and, and, you know, potentially competing. And I mean, there's, again, we just, we just went through this, that she's going to do what we do. So will she know how to snatch and clean and jerk? 120%. Yes. Yeah. But not because we, not because we forced her. her to, because she sits and watches us do it day after day. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I just, I don't think that is our vision. I think our vision is to get her exposed to as many things as possible. Um, yeah, and, and a massive, let her per- yeah, find and, her own way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think we tackle that one and more benefits to weightlifting as a youth, but we're starting off with board games. We, we just, we've played our first board game and she's not super keen on taking turns in the board game. So <laughs> we're starting with that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, weightlifting is awesome, but, and so is, so is soccer, so is baseball, so is hockey. I, I, so are I playgrounds, yeah. so um, are yeah, bikes, so yeah. are scooters. If the, if the question is about like, again, if, if um, are there dangers to weightlifting? No, I don't like the, I don't like the word danger or dangerous because, um, because weightlifting comes with a ton of benefits and everything in, in my opinion, in any sport outweighs the risks. I mean, there's kids boxing, are you going to get punched in the nose? Yep. You get punched in the face? Probably. So, I mean, there's risk. Um, you play hockey. I mean, someone's got to stand in net and take a slap shot towards them. Like, of course, there's risks being a goalie or a player getting hit. So, I think, like, it's just, it's, um, I just don't know if um, youth weightlifting is very common. It, it is fairly common in Canada, but not that common. So, I think just, like, it's, um, the unfamiliarity is... Mm-hmm you know, people think, Oh, it's dangerous. I'm like, no, that's not wise. Yeah, no, definitely not. Um, so I think the benefits to weightlifting is huge. Just like, just like most, um, sports, it's gonna, um, weightlifting is going to teach kids a lot of great things. Um, yeah. And I mean, weighing them against other sports versus, you know, track and field or gymnastics or karate. I don't really want to get into that because I just think every sport, including weightlifting, is going to have um, benefits. Yeah, lots of benefits. Um, yeah. Hopefully, we didn't talk too much. Didn't on talk that too one. much and didn't answer or actually provided some answers. But regardless, we had a really fun time discussing these between the two of us, and we hope you guys enjoyed our thoughts on them. And as always, if you're loving it, leave a review. We'll. Uh, 
talk to you again soon. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. And um, yeah, don't be afraid to reach out anytime with any questions or topics um, unless we're just butchering these answers. But we, we do enjoy having these discussions on the actual topics that people want to um, kind of hear about. So yeah. So thanks again for sending those in. Have a great day or evening, everybody. And we'll be back soon. Thanks again for joining us for another episode. We want to give a quick shout out to the artist Quixotic for letting us use this awesome music. Our goal with this podcast is to help as many people as possible. So if you were enjoying it, then don't forget to leave us a rating, a review, and share it with your friends. Thank you so much for your support. Until next time, stay strong, stay healthy, and stay happy.